0: Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, September 14, 2023 and today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter A Vision for You on page 154, reading the first paragraph starting with bitterly discouraged through that one paragraph ending in, he wanted so much to talk with someone, but whom? Today's readers are, and thank you, Team Thursday, Betsy P., Katie G., Joni Y., our newcomer greeter, Benita L., and our host, Leah S., for the second awesome unrecorded hour. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, September 13th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,633. That's 20,633. And for the 10 a.m. Meeting, twenty thousand six hundred and forty-three, forty-three or 63, I have to check that. I think it's 643, 20,643. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision For You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Joni Y to read the 12 Steps. Please go ahead, Joni.
2: 5. Admitted to, ourse- to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so, would injure them or others. Ten, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to, to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the honor to do service.
0: Thank you, Joni. I will now ask for Katie G to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Katie.
3: Hey, Amy, good morning, everyone. Katie G recovered in Boston. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first to carry its message, the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions,
0: ever reminding us to place principles before personalities past. Thank you so much, KG, for filling in there. Okie dokie, how our meeting works. The focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the chapter vision for you on page 154, the first paragraph, starting with bitterly discouraged. We're gonna unpack that one paragraph only. I'm going to ask Betsy P to get us started. Go ahead, Betsy.
4: Good morning. This is Betsy P from South Carolina. Uh, compulsive recovered compulsive overeater. And thank you all for your service. And thank thank you for letting me read this. Okay. It says bitterly discouraged, he found himself in a strange place, discredited and almost broke. Still physically weak and sober, but a few months. He saw that his predicament was dangerous. He wanted so much to talk with someone, but whom? Um, <clears throat> so I, I looked up some of the words in this little paragraph in the dictionary. Discouraged is to have lost confidence. Discredited is to be is to be brought into disrepute. Having lost respect of credibility, uh, which is the quality of being trusted and believed in. So, and then bitterly, that's the first word that stood out to me. Bitterly sounds to me like, um, you know, here he is in in a resentment and, and not just a mild type of resentment, but this was a strong resentment. And he was also in a state of fear, I believe, as part of that resentment. Um, So he's bitter. He's lost his confidence. He's um, in a strange place. Um, Has lost his reputation. He's almost broke. And this particular business deal was going to kind of set him up at a time when most everybody was struggling financially and he um was still weak from his disease of alcoholism and sober only a few months. Um so this tells us that Bill was kind of um standing at a crossroads here. He was at a precipice and um because of the people who came to him, Ebbie is the one who came and carried the message to Bill because of that, and because of Bill's uh, willingness to do what Ebby suggested he do, and because he, um, you know, he admitted his powerlessness and he came to believe that there was a power greater than himself that could restore him to sanity, and he made a decision to turn his life and his will over to that power. So, because of that, he knew that he had to talk to a fellow. He he needed to talk to another alcoholic. Um, but he did. He was in a strange place, and he didn't know any anyone there. Um, you know, and that's kind of where we're left with this paragraph. It's 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 the. Uh, dun-dun-dun-dun. What's going to happen next uh, place for Bill? This is a very important place for all, I think, all of myself and all people who have benefited from the Big Book of Alcoholics. Um, Because Bill W. had a choice here. You know, he could do what he had learned was the best thing for his sobriety and for his spiritual fitness. Or he could take what would have been a quick and easy way to provide some comfort and peace for himself instantaneously. Okay. But he okay, he chose, he made his choice. And that's where we are at the end of this paragraph. Thank you for letting me read. I pass.
0: Thanks. Thank you so much, Betsy P., for getting us started. All right. Just a friendly reminder, although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you shared in the last couple of days, namely Wednesday or Tuesday, we ask that you step aside and let others share their experience, strength, and hope. So who would like to share on what was read?
1: Katie G. Jen-
0: and Janet Jen- Linda- Linda D.
5: Katie G. Reva P.
0: Janice Roz P. M. Hold on. Um, Linda D. I got Ros. G. Reva P. Okay, so I got Katie G. Janice PM. Linda D. Roz G. Reva P.
1: Anyone else? Did I miss anybody? Okay, anyone else? All righty then,
0: we're going to start with Katie G. Katie G, you are up. Grab the mic, girl.
3: Web page, please. Hey, hey Amy, good morning. First please.
0: paragraph. No, go ahead. Can you user. hear me? Amy? Good.
3: Oh, okay. I can. All right. Okay, perfect. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Katie G and I am recovered from compulsive eating in Boston. My child has found me. So I was doing a little research, like for me,
6: phone calls and the have always been really
3: easy for me. They've not been hard. I was thinking like, what is it about connecting with another compulsive eater that is so vital and on page 156 it says life was not easy for the two friends plenty of difficulties presented themselves both saw that they must keep spiritually active and before I came into the rooms of OA if you told me or if you asked me what spiritual activity would have been I would have been like well I need to meditate on a mountaintop like the Buddha but that's not what we're talking about here like, how many times have I found myself bitterly discouraged, alone, in a strange place, discredited, almost broke? I, I mean, that happened to me the other day. Um, you know, I, I have been abstinent, thank you to God, more than a few months. But I must have this connection with God and with all of you. And I know But there are many of you saying it's all about God, it's all about God, it's all about God. But the way I demonstrate God, the way I demonstrate to God that I am his agent, that I am his girl, is through kindliness, patience, tolerance, and love. He's looking at how I'm treating his kids. And I just get this sense that he wanted so much to talk with someone, but whom? And it's like that yearning, right? That yearning for a sense of ease and comfort. Like, I know that yearning that I was experiencing as a as a five-year-old girl, right? I'm stuffing the food in my mouth, and I'm like, why am I so alone? And why does this hole in my soul hurt so much? Right, and so when I am bitterly discouraged as a as a recovered woman, when life happens, when life is not easy, when life is hard, the way I get out of that situation is, yeah, I ask God for help, and then, <clears throat> and then I connect with others, and I connect. Do I always call newcomers? Not right away, because first I got to look at where am I resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid. I got to look at the blocks. That are happening between me and God because I can't get to you if there are blocks. Right. But as, as so many people have demonstrated, um, you know, Overeaters Anonymous is the best thing that has ever happened to me in my whole life. It is the first place I've shown up consistently messy with lots of friends, with no friends. Like, I haven't been kicked out yet. But it is it, it has provided my relationship with God. OA has brought me to God, and it's brought me to all of you. And all of you and that abundance that we live in the solution has finally helped me fill that hole. Thanks be to God,
0: and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. All righty. Janice P.M., you are next.
5: Thank you so much, Amy, for your wonderful service. My name is Janice P.M., and I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Yes, yeah, just this—oops! This um, paragraph really teaches us a lot. I don't know about you, but it teaches me a lot uh, because this historical event um, I can, you know, identify with so much. Because before I became—and I don't know the day, or the time. But uh, recovered, you know, when I was uh, resentful, or or, um, restless, irritable, worried, worried about money, worried about my son, Um, what was my solution? Yeah, my solution was to pick up that bite to give me ease and comfort. But even though Bill was recovered, for um, only six months that I know of, that it says here pretty soon. Um, we we still have life problems. You think, oh, I'm recovered now, so I'm not going to have any problems. God never promised that. He promised that if you have fear, he's going to get you through it. Not that you're never going to have fear. And uh, the promise here is, yeah, that you know this is God's vision for Bill. It's not Bill's vision. So he had, um, uh, you know, the miracle of, of, let me just see now. What am I going to decide? Am I going to go for that drink or am I going to try to talk to somebody? Because the book teaches me that the best impunity to not to pick up that bite or not practice the step is to help another person. So this is what's in his mind. It's not the drink just yet or anything because, um you know, he has been taught and only recovered a short time, he's still very weak. You can be weak or you can be recovered for years and still have that temptation, have that desire come, but not so, you know, that you can react and pick up the bite. He responded. So this is teaching me how to respond. And thank you, God, that God does this. Not Bill. Bill didn't do this. Because things are going to happen in my life. Situations, discouragements, death. And that is no reason for me to pick up. The best thing is not to pick up the food, but pick up the phone. And that's what we're going to see. It's a, he has a vital decision to make here with choosing and he couldn't, as I can't, do, make this choice which way to go, to go to the bar, to go to the, to the bakery, to, uh, to, you know, just stay still and make another call. And uh, that will be the attraction. That will keep me from picking up that food. Remember, before Bill, before Bill got recovered, his only solution was always either money, right? That didn't work. Or, um, uh, yes, picking up that drink. Okay. Thank you so much. Good night, Thank you so much, Janice P.M.
0: All righty. Linda D., you're up, followed by Roz G. Please
1: go ahead, Linda.
7: Good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is Linda D., and I'm from Central Connecticut. This is a very powerful paragraph for me because like all of you, I've lived a lot of this, particularly lately since my uh, precious Walker died. Um, My fur baby. Um, So let's, I think the thing that uh, that struck me about it is, um, in the previous, on the previous page, um, Bill talks about himself as one of a number He's a humble man. That's important to remember that. This is someone who founded this massive movement. He didn't know that that's what he was doing. He was just taking a step, a step, a step. Um, I like his humility, and it's important that I have it. Um He had a massive white light experience, which is not described in detail uh, in the book, in the big book, but I know of it and um, from other literature. And um, I've had an experience like that, massive. The thing that made me grow was reaching out, not only to help others, but to receive help. Whom did I call? Who did I call? I called you, and I call you when I'm drowning. Of course I want to help you by now. I've been around a really long time because of people like you and Bill. Most of all, because of God, I have worked very, very hard and I still do, to stay as humble as I possibly can so that I can hear God's warning. And I heard it recently. I was in dangerous territory. Grief really sucks. You guys rescued me. God bless each and every one of you for living this program and sending me the love that empowered me to survive. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. I love you. I really do. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Linda. Linda D. from Connecticut. Okay. Roz G., you are up, followed by Rita P.
7: Okay. Thank you, Amy, for your service. My name is Roz G. I'm a compulsive overeater, Recovered in Palmdale, California. I'm in Los Angeles. And um, my share is intensely personal today. Um, I have been in in 12 step programs for over 30 years. And I've learned that about me, about my own personality, is that I share through things until they are resolved. And so lately I've been sharing about um, turning 60 and so how can i how can i uh put it into this paragraph very very easily bitterly discouraged i find myself in a strange place i hate being 60 i want to be 30 i feel strange <laughs> and all my age group friends that i graduated with high school I see them on social media all we're all turning 60 and we see, you know they're going no way I can't, I can't be 60 and you know for me um I am in a strange place and um I'm I feel strange because uh I'm still single and I feel like I'm running out of time and um I've I've met a few different gentlemen and I feel completely strange. My pastor came to me last week and said, I've been praying for you and I I I know some single guys in the church that I'd like to introduce you to and I'm not a matchmaker, but I've been praying about this for you, Roz. <laughs> and I'm telling you guys, I'm broken. I'm broken. I feel so strange. I don't know which way's up. And my sister, um is the person that has been on my four step inventories the most over 30 years of of writing inventories and I still and it still happens and another program tells me that I have to focus on myself I have to do the changing I've been sober abstinent for a few years out of out of 20 years only a few years of sobriety that means I can I can go back to relapse it's dangerous for me to be in a broken place it's dangerous for me to feel strange. It's dangerous for me to be angry at my sister. Who do I talk with? People in the program. I call. I'm on a thread where I can say I need a 10-step now. And somebody says, I'm here for you, Roz. And I pour out my heart to them. And they listen and we pray. And, yeah, it helps. It's, it helps. Sometimes I turn it around and it's gone. And sometimes I have to keep sharing through it and keep sharing through it and keep praying. And I hear the timer Mm -hmm. and I'm just doing that now. Thank you and
0: I pass. All righty, Roz. Thank you so much. Roz G. from California. Okay, Reva P., you're up and we're going to take some names. But just before Reva goes, I'm going to remind you all we are on page 154, we're on the first paragraph, that one paragraph only starting with bitterly discouraged. Okay, Reva, you're up, please go ahead.
8: Good morning, this is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. What's striking me this morning is he saw that his predicament was dangerous. I didn't see before I was in recovery how dangerous a predicament I was in. I didn't see when I was going out in the middle of the night to get my binge foods that maybe this was dangerous. I didn't see as I was buying the food, stuffing my face that I was in a dangerous predicament, I could not see. So what strikes me in this paragraph that this is the first example of how Bill was able to be saved from picking up that drink by doing the work by reaching out to somebody else and what we now know as you know 10 11 12. Um, and i just want to acknowledge to myself the miracle that i can see when i am resentful and fearful um, and that i continue to watch um, and god has given me the ability to be aware to know i'm in dangerous ground and why am i in dangerous ground because business isn't going well, because I have health issues that are not going the way I want. No, because I am an addict and I have the ism. And when I get into resentment and fear, um, I'm in danger because I will go back to the substance that will kill me. Um, So I think it's so monumental that Bill is actually able to see, watch, ask, turn. That's what I'm told to do every single day. So who does he ask? You know, I remember the days before cell phones when I had that piece of paper with the OA phone list, and I'd go down the list frantically calling people. There was no texting, believe it or not. Um, You know, I had to find somebody because once we put the food down and do the work, we are given that gift of awareness of differentiating true from false so when my head says i need ease and comfort from a substance from a thing from a i don't know um any of any of the outside um crutches i know that what i have to do um and i think this is a huge promise that when life doesn't go my way of course life doesn't go my way because i'm wired to be selfish and want to control and have things everything my way my job is to align And the peace comes in not having circumstances work out my way, but being able to not even tolerate discomfort, just align myself with God's will, go in the direction, like the sailboat going with the wind, not keep fighting the wind. Um, So thank you, God. We have over 12,000 people now um, that we can call anytime, any day. With that, I pass.
0: Timing. All right. Thank you so much, Reva P. So who else would like to share on what was read? Page 154, first paragraph.
9: Maria B. Maria S. from Philadelphia.
0: Maria B. Maria Catherine S. S. Catherine S. Catherine S. S. Catherine S. I heard
1: Russ. Judith <laughs> I R think I missed somebody. R. Judith. Judith R. Ken, W-H. Sonia
9: S.
0: from Pennsylvania. Pete B. Sonia S. Pete B. Okay, I think that's got us, folks. Hopefully we can get to everyone. I've got Maria B., Maria S., Catherine S., Russ M., Judith R., Ken, W-H., Sonia S., and Pete B. All right, let's Mm -hmm. rock and roll. Maria B., you're up. Hi, this is... from.
10: New Hampshire, Hanover, New Hampshire, grateful, recovering, um, overeater, compulsive in the hospitalization period, so I won't say much because I want to listen and I need to listen, but um, this reading is important for me, and uh, though I have the desperate desire to stop um, without this program, and God, I see no way out, and even though I'm a strong willed person, or especially because I'm a strong world person. For me, there's only one way to escape, and I turn from my own ways, and I turn to the program and to him, and I'm in a new job, so it's been exhausting, and I haven't had a few minutes, but um, I am grateful that this program is here and and that I don't have to face life on my own but I can I can refrain from overdoing anything or underdoing anything and I'm just such a true addict that it will come in all kinds of ways. So my only hope is my higher power in this program and God. And thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Maria Oh okay, thank you, Maria B from New Hampshire. All right, Maria S followed by Catherine S. Go ahead, Maria.
1: Maria, press star one to unmute. I thought I heard two Marias. I didn't? Hmm.
0: No, Maria S. Okay, maybe it was my imagination. All righty. Catherine S., you're up then, followed by Russ M. Please go ahead, Catherine. Good morning, everybody. My name is Catherine S. from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Gratefully in recovery this morning. Um, This passage struck a chord with me in the sense of speaking of bitterness and resentment and anxiety. Um, So yesterday, it's going to sound small, but it's a big deal to me. I got sick at work. And my job before this, in February, I got fired from it because I missed work due to my mental illness and because I wasn't performing well. Um, And so I'm having anxiety about missing work and getting in trouble and losing my job. Um, But my supervisor was super kind and he said it wasn't a problem whatsoever and he was really great about it. Um... But still, I was analyzing the anxiety. You know, what is going on here? And there's a couple of things. I have fear projection, and And then what I realized, too, was underneath the anxiety was bitterness and resentment towards those that I work with. Um, and in a way, that was a driving factor. Like, the other day, I was having anxiety. And it turns out there was another driving factor behind it. And... Something a therapist once told me was living in anxiety, living in fear, um, living in chaos is something that I'm comfortable with. And that's why I go there all the time. Because every job I get, I obsess over it in the morning. And I'm sick to my stomach about what the day's going to bring. And 99% of the time, the day is easy. And so I'm just addicted to feeling in chaos because I'm familiar with
7: it and I'm comfortable with it.
0: So today I'm just going to surrender to God, surrender everything to him, give him my whole heart, rely on him, focus on the second step, came to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity because God is perfectly sane. Jesus is perfectly sane and he wants to share that with me. So I'm going to live in that for today. And for me, the second step goes with the third step. Um, Made the decision to give our lives and will over to the care of God as we understood him. They go hand in hand for me because that surrender to God brings that sanity I so desperately need and crave. That peace I so desperately need to live within my soul. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Thank you to all of you for struggling and trying so hard and doing such a good job. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Catherine S. Russ M., you are up. Oh, Catherine from Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Russ, you're up.
11: Good morning, Amy. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Overeater, Uh northtown PA. Uh, so uh, listening to this paragraph and then these voices Brings you back to this first day I got on this line I hear these people that you know, it, it, it's it's all wrapped up together. That you know, I what I got going now, even though I'm still a little dazed and confused and anxious and fearful that I wouldn't be here if I didn't work with someone else and someone didn't someone else didn't work with me. It was part it was part of the program and uh uh, this I, I think that's the gist of what I want to say, you know. Uh, I couldn't have done it without people helping me. I couldn't have got out of that fear or, you know, these financial quagmires and all the garbage that goes along with life without working with someone else, getting out of myself, self-sacrifice for another. And the thing is, is that you all know me. Everybody knows each other here. We know what we're battling with this addictive mind. So it just works. You know, you, when when I sit back to some of the meetings and all, like I'm still in that, I got to figure this out. How is this working? Look, <laughs> there's only one thing I did different in like 45 years is be broken enough to accept help in this program. And that's the difference because it brought me to God and help. Help me serve someone else, and that's what this paragraph is getting to me. That, you know, people got me where I'm at. Help me get. God showed Himself through the fellas. That 12-step was ever present in my life to get me where I'm at now. And you know, I'm not definitely not where I want to be. And you, you understand what I'm saying. So, thank you. I love you, and y'all have y'all have a great day.
0: Thanks so much, Russ M. All right. Judith R., followed by Ken WH. Please go ahead.
12: Thank you, Amy. Thank you, everybody. Judith R. from Brattleboro, Vermont. Um, It was certainly the perfect reading for me. Um, I had a quite traumatic experience yesterday, and the first thing I thought of this morning is, oh, man. I can go hang out with my peeps. I can I can ask people to pray for me. I can ask them to to understand and and I know you guys will because you are my peeps, and I've always always loved the story of Bill and that phone call um I once went somewhere in Rhode Island and was in a pizza parlor for some reason and and made one of those calls and just felt like I was part of a legacy, uh, a legacy that is worldwide. And and that's why I love when I see a bumper sticker that says Friend of Bill W. or any time I find out that somebody's been programmed, it's just this instant instance oh. love. <laughs> um, I I don't think I'll talk about the trauma. I think I don't want to pass it on to others, but um, just enough to say that um, I accept your love and thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Judith R. from Vermont. Ken W. H. You're
13: up. Thank you, Amy. This is Ken W. H. Recovered compulsive o- reader, North Carolina. <clears throat> Excuse me. Grateful to be here. I see this as uh, that this is just for me. I'm speaking for myself as a moment when the t- there was a choice be- for Bill. To, um, do I live life or do I approach this situation on life's terms? Or do I approach this situation on God's terms? And life's terms were about to provide him with a couple of options. One of them being go drink yourself silly. Uh, that's the only way to deal with this situation or can go eat yourself till you're stuffed. Um, I... Today, uh, I realize, and I think Bill realized it, too, after his spiritual experience, that there was another way to go. And and I believe it was God's will for him um, that just even having the thought that I need to talk to somebody else first. That's what I really need to do right now. Life has fallen apart. I'm broke. I'm discredited. I... There's nowhere to go, nothing Nothing that he could do. Uh, and should, basically, should I decide to let life tell me what to do or should I let God tell me what to do? Uh, life has thrown me a bowl of lemons and there isn't any lemonade hidden in it either. <laughs> uh, but uh, God's good for... Uh, sweetening it up, so to speak, no pun intended, but uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And um, that's what Bill did, and looked to seek God's will. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at it today, and I needed to do that every morning when I get out of bed. Thanks for letting me share. Pass.
0: Thank you so much, Ken WH from North Carolina. All right, Sonia F. I believe, followed by PB. Sonia, you're up.
9: Good morning, Sonia. Grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. This passage reminds me of where I was 12 days ago. And the phrases that really um, stood out to me are bitterly discouraged. I realized that my way was not working. Another word that stood out broke. For me, I was just Spiritually broken, still physically weak, in the sense that I was in a food fog, which is such a horrible place to be. And then a predicament, his predicament was dangerous, and this disease is a life and death situation. And um
1: and I really just decided. And became willing to ask God
9: and my fellows for help, and I'm so grateful for that. And um, and you know what? I live one day at a time. You know, I work this program one day at a time, and we have spiritual tools that help us. The one that I um, do when I wake up is my prayer and meditation, which helps me set the tone for the day. And, um, I've been doing a lot of pausing, too. just God, what do you want me to do like right now? you know I don't know, wait, I don't want to waste time. Um, I'm going through chemotherapy right now, and God has provided um you know quality uh doctors and resources. um but I could not go through this if I was um in the food, you know, Food fog, no way. So I am so grateful for God for um, for being with me at this time. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much, Shonya S. Okay, um, Pete B., you are up.
14: Thanks, Amy, for taking the meeting. Appreciate your service. You're doing a great job. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And, you know, I don't think it's unique to compulsive overeaters or alcoholics to be in a fearful uncomfortable situation and want to sit and analyze as to why and to figure out how to get out of it i, I you know i just think that's natural human inclination right you you know uh, you know but uh, but unfortunately for me the book tells me that i'm not like other people and i can't rely on my natural inclinations because my natural instincts will take me to places where I will hurt myself with substances or behaviors that cause an abnormal reaction. right? And I love how this book tells me directly and here indirectly what the solution is, right? Like the solution was not for Bill to call Dr. Bob and let Dr. Bob know that he's resentful, and here's the reason why he's resentful, and he's fearful, and here's the reason why he's fearful, It didn't, it it wasn't, the the process wasn't to self-analyze, right? The process is to get out of me, right? See, our book tells us that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our problem. Yet on a regular basis, we give guidance to people to focus on themselves as the solution, right? There's only one way out of me. There's only one way out of me, and that's through carrying this message. That's through other people. I'll never, we'll never solve this problem. We'll never resolve it. Understanding it only makes it worse. More knowledge doesn't make us any better at this. The only thing that gets, makes this any better thing at all is what's gonna happen. Is where Bill's going to go to Bob, and he's going to talk to Bob about his condition. And he's going to talk to Bob about the way out. And they're going to talk for hours, and this thing is all oh, the process. How, what a tragedy it would be if he, he called them, i got to talk to you about my problem. You're talking about this situation I'm in. Could you help me out of it? The solution is not in figuring me out. I'll never figure me out. The solution is in getting out of me and getting into you, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Pete B. from PA. Wow, I didn't think we'd uh, get everyone in, and everyone was very generous with your time, so much so that we have time for a few more, probably two. So who would like to share on what was read? Page one fifty-four,
1: first first paragraph. Vanita L. Vanita. Robbie, anyone else? KDF.
0: I think we've got, who was that last name? I don't think we, okay, we're going to go with those Long two. Please share on the second hour if you can. Sorry. All right, Vanita L. KDF. Go ahead, Vanita.
15: Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Vanita L. in Georgia, recovered compulsive overeater. Um. Yeah, I, I love the last share, right? The, Well, people can be there for me, too, right, in what's going on, but we are having to reach out to each other, and I'm really getting that. I'm really getting it. You know, before recovery, I had other people in my life, but I related to them differently, and now I believe my inspiration is for me to see them as the beauty that they were created, the power, that, the way they were created, and then to help them with whatever ways are blocking that. And they helped me also. So this reaching out to each other, how much we need each other, because I think we're all one thing. You know, we were all created as one connected thing. And it's so powerful for me especially i feel very moved right now even just saying this because i grew up feeling so incredibly isolated and disconnected so leaning into the program being available to people calling people um taking phone calls sponsoring people listening to fifth steps is anyway the program is such a blessing and i feel super grateful for it today. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much,
15: Vanita L. All right, KDF, you're up.
6: Good morning. This is KDF, a recovered compulsive overeater, and it says but who would who would that be? And you know, I'm so grateful that I live in a time where we have so many opportunities for sharing with people, and yet people are more lonely and isolated than they've ever been before, according to, you know, the news. And I'm so grateful that I don't have to be that way. Like, I, I connect with people on a regular basis, um, sponsors, sponsees, um, and, sorry, my puppy's doing something, um, sponsors and sponsees and other hookups that people know me. And, then, and I know them, and when I'm on a pity, potty, pity party, and there's nothing that I can do, you know, there's nothing better for me to do than what Bill did, which is to reach out to someone that I know is suffering, someone who I know is going through a much harder time than I am, and, you know, some of that happens to me on a daily basis by talking to my sponsees, because they have harder stuff going on than I do. I have frustrations, and I have disappointment, but it's nothing compared to what other people are going through. And, you know, I just cannot stay focused on my problems, you know, as was shared. It's like we're not in this um, to be, you know, let's fix it all. This isn't fix it anonymous. It is about surrender. And I have to surrender on a daily basis to the challenges in my life. And then I ask God, is there a correct Measure I need to take? Is there an action I need to take? And if there's nothing I can do except wait or just let it go, then you know, I just turn my attention to helping others. And we, (laughs) it would just be the biggest lie if someone said that there was no one they could talk to because we have a membership list of 12,000 people and we have this line every day where you hear people talking. And you hear people talking, yes, who may have decades of recovery, but you also hear people who say that they have days or weeks or are not even abstinent. And we can always reach out to them. So I'm so grateful that we don't have to go to a phone booth in the lobby of a hotel and just call a number at random and hope that there's someone on the other line. We have plenty of resources and they have saved my life in Donald Cust.
0: Thank you so much. Katie G from Virginia. Okay, so we actually have time for one more share. Who wants to take us out? There was someone on the that the last group that I, I missed because I didn't think we had time. Who was that? If you still want to share.
1: Alexa, you,
0: I'm sorry, two people came in at once. I didn't catch a word.
14: Go ahead,
0: well, Say it again. It's going to be two minutes now. Sorry.
16: Oh, okay. Great. Hi, I'm Nancy G from New Jersey, and um, thank ahead, you so Nancy. much for letting me share. Um, what stood out to me was sober but a few months. I'm at step two with a very um, generous sponsor and a very loving fellowship but it reminds me that sober but a few months. So it's, you know, the the, the ceasing of, uh, you know, compulsively overeating and Philly and, uh, you know, constantly triggering and living in my allergy is but a beginning. So it's just the beginning, and there he was. And then this morning I was reading with my sponsor, and on page 20 it says, our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. So that's what he was doing, you know. (laughs) That's what he was doing with that phone call. You know, it wasn't just distraction, like, oh, let me do something else. It was like, let me help someone else. So this constant thought of other people. And when we give, we always get back. Uh, Lastly, I just want to say that I heard that when he called – and he got Henrietta, they had been praying for Father, um, not Father uh, Dr. Bob, and when she called, she didn't say, oh, my God, I can't believe you called. She said, we've been expecting you. So here is the power of a prayer and service to others. Thanks for letting me share. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Nancy P. Great way to end this out, and I'd like to thank everyone who has shared Please continue on and join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The Share ID for today's 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You OA meeting is 20,645. That's for today, Thursday, September 14, 2023. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164 followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision
3: for You? First thing, Amy, Katie G. recovered in Boston. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got.